Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. I know it's been a while, but I've had some health issues that have been keeping me from making videos. I'm really going to try my best to get back to posting every day, but honestly, I'm still not quite sure. So for now, I'm just going to try and upload when I can, and when I feel like I'm able to. I hope you all enjoy this one. And if you have your own story, send it to southerncannibal.com. All that being said, let's get into the stories. And remember everyone, to always stay hungry. A little bit about me. I was 17 at the time and I'm a female. And this happened to me in April of last year. So I was about to leave to go get pizza. And as I was about to back out of the driveway, this man then appeared out of nowhere. This man had a green shirt on and had an exterminator outfit on as well. He startled me, so I had turned off my car and I tried to be as polite and as nice as possible to him to really avoid anything to happen because I was out there alone with him in my garage with no one else around me. He then starts to tell me that he was an exterminator and that his car was parked somewhere in my neighborhood which really had alarm bells going off in my head, especially when he startled me by being all the way up in our driveway. He had asked me if I was the owner of the residence, and I politely said no, but I told him, why don't I go get my mom so you can talk to her? My mom comes outside, and in our garage we have a handicap ramp, and he's literally almost at the lower part of the ramp, and me and my mom were at the top part of the ramp. The man starts talking about how he's an exterminator, the same stuff he was saying to me, and my mom just said thank you, but we already have an exterminator, and to have a great day. Well, the weird man proceeded to start harassing my mom, and my instincts then told me to go inside of the house. I went inside my house, and I opened up the knife drawer, and I pulled out the biggest knife out of the drawer. I opened the garage door, and at this point, my mom had told him to get off our property for like the third time, but he just wouldn't leave. So I'm just standing there tapping the knife on my leg with my head tilted to the side. And the strange man didn't even realize that I went and got a weapon for me and my mother's protection. Things then began to get really heated, and my mom told me to go get her gun. Well, there's a lot of stuff that could have gone wrong with this approach. First off, I had no clue where her gun was at. And I was definitely not about to leave my mom out there with that strange man all alone. Who knows what kind of weapons that he could have had on him at that time. I hold the knife up and I then tell him, get the fuck off our property. And I say this several times to him. I then also proceed to say, dude, back the fuck up. He's still standing at the end of the handicap ramp and he gives me this creepy sinister smile while doing so. And only then does he finally proceed to leave our property? Well, come to find out, he was walking around our neighborhood for five hours straight. I even have a video from our security system cameras of him walking through our lawn, as well as a photo of him walking around our neighborhood. Please, everyone, always stay alert and aware and never let your guard down, especially if someone you don't know shows up randomly asking you if you want some services to be done on your house. That situation could have really been a lot more severe, but luckily I got a weapon at the right moment without dragging any attention to myself. Who knows what could have happened 
if I hadn't gone into the house and get that weapon. Please be safe out there. I would like to be kept anonymous for this story. The story happened three years ago when I was 14. Me, my sister, and my grandma went to go visit my unstable aunt at her home. All I really remember is going grocery shopping with her. After we left the store and took my aunt home, me and my sister, who I'm going to be referring to as Sarah for privacy reasons, had helped my aunt unload her groceries and then took them in the house. My aunt was renting a room at the time, so she lived with a lot of people. After I left the groceries at her doorstep, me and Sarah began walking to her car, where out of nowhere, the landlord's dog then bit me. I'd yelled at the dog, which the landlord's idiotic kid snickered at. Now, this isn't the scariest part of the story, and I hope I'm not dragging this story out, but I just felt like I should add that part. After we said goodbye to our aunt, we left back home. We got the subway on our way, and my grandmother told us that she needed to go somewhere important, so she dropped me and Sarah off at the next corner next to a stoplight so that we could walk home. Me and Sarah just talked along the way until a car passed us. Now, at the time, my sister really liked to mess with people. I guess you could say that she was kind of a bad girl. At least, that's what she would say. Anyway, Sarah had flipped off someone driving a car. The car that passed us. She did this as a joke, but oh boy did this turn ugly. The guy had made a U-turn and then sped in our direction, almost running me over. He began cussing at Sarah asking why she flipped him off and that he's going to kill her. Sarah just kept denying that she did anything wrong, but I don't know if she denied what she said because she was entitled or just petrified, but I know I was. My whole body started aching and my anxiety tensed up. I seriously thought we were going to die for the mistake that my sister did. The guy kept rambling how he has a gun and that he's going to kill Sarah for what she did. I then started walking away slowly, and I know this was a dick move, but I was very scared and anxious that I honestly just didn't even know what I was doing. Luckily, the guy gave Sarah a warning and drove off. After that whole ordeal, me and Sarah continued walking back home, still in shock on what happened. My sister didn't show any kind of emotion of being scared due to her being prideful, but I know deep down that she was also terrified. I know this isn't your typical scary story, but to me and Sarah, it was one of the most scariest encounters we've ever had. The guy never showed any proof of actually having a gun, but the situation could have been a hell of a lot worse if the guy didn't just give us a warning. Others would have shot both of us right there on the spot. I probably wouldn't be here today if the situation escalated, or if Sarah did something worse to piss the guy off even more than he already was. I'm really grateful that nothing else serious happened, but this has really taught me that we should always be careful on who we mess with, and especially with hand gestures. Truth be told, Sarah stopped flipping random people off ever since that night. I'm 18 years old now, and I'm finishing my senior year, and I decided to share this story to one of my favorite scary storytellers. With the almost getting killed and getting bitten by a dog, I'd say that day wasn't a good day for me. 
Be careful, everyone. You really don't know what anyone is capable of. Thanks for listening. This all happened in 1995. My dog Poochie had disappeared, and after about three days of searching, my mother found his body two miles away from our home in a ditch. We were absolutely heartbroken, having had Poochie for 11 years, and we missed him terribly. And so it was after a time of grieving that we decided to get another dog. My mother and I drove to an animal rescue shelter about 30 minutes away from our home. When we arrived, we began walking along the fenced-in structures, searching for a new friend to become part of our family. One of the employees had joined us, guiding our tour, assuring us how the dogs had all of their shots and were healthy, ready to come to our new home. The man looked to be a little over six foot tall, probably in his early 40s with long, wavy brown hair and a thick brown mustache. He wore a cowboy hat, blue jeans, and cowboy boots. And there was something about him then just gave me the absolute willies. He began to instantly put on a high-pressure, aggressive salesman pitch, which was completely off-putting. I really wanted a new dog, but I found myself having an immediate visceral reaction to the man. I didn't trust him as far as I could throw him. We were looking for a small dog, and there weren't too many of them. Most of the dogs there were large retrievers, hounds, and pit bulls. However, there was one little guy that caught my eye, and I stopped to study him. The man had just given the spiel on how all the dogs were in good health and vaccinated. What I then watched as this small dog squatted and proceeded to have greenish-brownish diarrhea right in front of me. This is what you call good health? The man promised. I was honestly amazed at how quickly and smoothly he switched his tune. It didn't even seem to phrase him that I had just caught him in a bold-faced lie. If he lied to me about that without even batting an eye, what else would he lie about? I was done. I wanted nothing more than to get out of there. A couple of years went by, and I was in college 90 miles away from home. One afternoon, I had had the television on in my dorm room when a breaking news alert came on that interrupted the regularly scheduled program. A man had used a gun to hijack a car, kidnapping the woman inside, and was leading police on a high-speed chase. They wanted the public to get out of the way because he was armed and dangerous. As the news reporter put his picture on the screen and mentioned where the man worked, I then felt all of the hair stand up on the back of my neck as I then gasped in utter horror. It was two years later, and I was 90 miles away from where I'd last seen him, but I instantly recognized the same guy who had given my mother and I the tour at the animal shelter. It turns out, the guy had been a convicted felon on parole. The police chase went on for about an hour and a half, finally ending with the man driving into a dead-end field, with a slew of cop cars right behind him. Rather than go back to prison, the man shot himself in the head, killing himself instantly. The woman he kidnapped was not physically harmed, but I have no doubt she was forever scarred emotionally. I can still picture the man to this day, and it still really makes me shudder to think about my encounter with a convicted felon turned kidnapper. That's still so crazy to me.
November 2021, my roommate RM and two friends went to our first concert since lockdown in downtown Seattle. We had quit smoking during that time, but it was a special occasion and an old tradition that we decided to split a pack to share. It was postponed concert, The Idols, and it was more frugal to indulge in tobacco rather than the criminally overpriced drinks at the bar. The show had a late start, as the lead singer was suffering from a case of food poisoning, but he later pulled it off like a champ. A real pro. By the time the show was about to start, it was getting late, and RM and I were about halfway through the pack of cigarettes. We would go off around the block of the venue to a quiet corner on the sidewalk of an intersection, with a four-way stoplight and crosswalks, where a few surviving bars were still open across the street. Now, this was the tail end of the lockdown, so there were far less people wandering around. Now, neither I nor RM normally smoke cloves as our nicotine of choice. At the gas station, I had asked for a pack of menthols, then I impulsively switched to clove cigarettes, which had less than a pack and were slightly more expensive, to savor the flavor. My roommate wasn't as thrilled about my selection, but hey, we can give the extras away rather than take the rest home and restart a bad habit. The show was finally about to start after a 45-minute delay. It was just the two of us alone without any fellow smokers on the sidewalk of the intersection, as we then indulged in destroying our lungs and throats. We were both reminiscing about the past shows when a man in his early 40s walked past us to cross the street with the green crosswalk glowing bright in the chilly November night. The man took one step into the street and paused, one foot on the sidewalk and the other in the road, long enough for both myself and RM to take notice and wait for a reaction to this odd behavior. Then the man abruptly turned around and approached us with a sheepish grin to ask if he could bum a cigarette. I and RM relaxed as the man's behavior was of him losing the battle with temptation, as we admittedly ourselves did. As I held out my smokes, a sports car blew through the red light. It was right at that moment that the man would have been halfway across the street. I have no doubt in my mind that he would have been killed instantly, or both me and RM would be dead or horribly injured if the driver had tried to swerve and lost control of the car. And two blinks, the sports car was gone, peeling down the street like a complete jackass going around 60 miles per hour in a 20 miles per hour zone. It was one of those real, did that really happen type of moments. And both RM and I both exchanged a stunned, what the fuck, look as the man then rambled. How he hadn't smoked clove cigarettes in 15 years and the sin was just way too much to resist. That poor bastard never even heard the speeding car, nor realized how close he was to becoming a bloody smear on the pavement. He thanked us for the clove and finished crossing the street still with a solid green crosswalk light, happily smoking away as he then made his way into one of the bars. If I hadn't given in to my last-minute impulse to buy cloves over menthols, that man would have been dead with myself and RM caught in the crossfire. That car was driving so fast that nobody had heard it coming. RM and I have quit smoking since, and we still occasionally talk about it. How vivid that moment has ingrained into our minds of that man standing with one foot in the road and the other on the sidewalk. 
a moment when an invisible coin was tossed with the three of us and that jackass driver's fate all in the air. I still get chills thinking about it. Thankfully, the man couldn't resist scratching that old itch, courtesy of his guardian angel, or whatever else you want to call it. But yeah, that's the end of my story. And please, everyone, don't drive like a jackass. This all began about two weeks ago. I'm a 23-year-old female living in Georgia. My husband and I have an apartment in a busy part of town, so there's lots of cars and people, which isn't unusual for our apartment complex. So one night, my husband went out to take our dog to the dog park, which is about a two-minute walk from our apartment. On his way there, he had passed a black car parked in front of our building. Not thinking anything of it though, he kept walking to the park. When he was coming back 10 minutes later, the car was still there. He thought it was strange, but just figured the person was on the phone or something. He walked up to our floor where our apartment is, and he came inside, locking the door behind him. Not even a minute later, we hear a loud knock on our door, followed by pounding. My husband gets up from the couch and goes to see who it is through the peephole. There was a guy in a red hoodie standing in front of our door with his hood up, hiding his face. He then stopped knocking after 30 seconds, but still stood there for a good three to four minutes. Finally, he leaves, and he walks down the three flights of stairs, only to go sit in the passenger seat of the same black car my husband saw on the way to the dog park. He's there for 10 minutes before eventually leaving. We don't think too much of this, as we just assumed then he probably had the wrong address or something. About a week later, I'm home from work sick. I'm playing some video games with headphones on, so I can't hear too much noise outside of my game. But I began to hear a knocking on my door around 10 a.m. But I just assumed that the noise is from my game, and I go back to playing. I hear quiet, slow knocking off and on all morning and into the afternoon. Each time I would pause my game, and quietly walked to our door with my phone in hand, ready to call my husband and the police should anything happen. Every time I would look through the peephole to see who was knocking, no one would be there. The last time I heard knocking was around 4 p.m. I heard it louder this time, and I walked to the door with my phone. And as I looked through the peephole, I then realized it's the same guy from a week ago in his red hoodie. I leave to grab my gun, and when I come back not even 10 seconds later, he's gone again. I call my husband who's now leaving work early, and he then encourages me to call the non-emergency police line, which I do. They send an officer out to our apartment, and we tell them the whole story. He thinks it's really strange, and he doesn't even blame us for filling on edge. He then reminds us that Georgia is a stand-your-ground state, meaning that if someone threatens you in your home, you have the right to use deadly force to defend both yourself and your property. He also tells us that they'll start sending patrols to drive through our complex more often, and to definitely call them again if we see the car or suspect again. It's been about a week, and he hasn't come back yet, but every little sound that I hear, I jump thinking it's that guy again. I don't know what he wants or what he plans to do, but just know that my husband and I own several firearms and we're absolutely ready to defend our property and each other should this man come back again. 
Thanks for listening, and y'all stay safe.